da 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 I'm just about run out of enthusiasm. It's getting near the end of the year, but you're still at the table with Gail and she's still smiling. Yes, just. Just. It's getting scary. It's getting scary. I'm No, I'm giving you out these recipes, but I just sort of think, well, perhaps I better do some baking myself. It's (laughs) one week to go. I know, I know. And uh, I am looking back at some of our recipes, Tanya, and I'm thinking, yes, I said I'd make that, which I, you know, brought the fruit for and I'm going to make this, but hey, you know, I better get on to it. Don't, look, don't put yourself under too much pressure because yeah. it's already a very stressful time of year. And like you sent through those photos, right, when you did the punch for your little Welsh that was um, That was amazing, actually. And I just encourage you to do it because that was easy as pie. And that um, unvined um, rosé was just oh, yeah. perfect for unvined. it. Unvined. Unvined, yeah. Unvined so- wine. And um, so I made two big bowls, actually. You probably saw from the illustration, actually, that there was two bowls. And, um, yeah, so if you wanted to make it alcoholic, just buy the rosé um, alcohol, you know. So um, I didn't even went, know unvined. Yeah, yeah unvined. Yes, no it's alcohol. In, no alcohol. So, it well, because there was such a crowd, mm. you had to sort of cater really for everybody yeah. and there was wine there that people could drink but but I was honestly I was so impressed when I made it in this big punch bowl, punch bowl and I thought to myself gee that looks really really good I'll have to send a photo to Tanya I'm glad you did because yeah. it looks really festive with the red berries and oh. the green mint and all that ice in it I just wanted the to reach through the, and go oh the lime and everything it just all complemented each other but anyway that's history now so we're going to move on this morning because we have Mr Peter Fleming at our reception and uh, I just sort of looked at this recipe and it said Peter's special cake and I thought oh well, we've got a Peter at the um, at the radio station, so I thought, well, I'm going to do this for him because he's always sort of saying, well, "What have you got this morning?" You know, like <laughs> baking. And I usually, well, most of the time I come empty-handed, but the odd occasion I have something. But um, I just thought I'd dedicate this to Peter. You know, he's such a good guy with his volunteer volunteering and everything. So uh, you might have to get the bowl out, Peter. Oh, yum! This will get him salivating in front of the radio anyway. <laughs> it's a lovely. <laughs> dark, fruity, um, moist cake. So um, you could give this a go, and it's pretty easy, really. So we're starting off with 500 grams of sultanas, 500 grams of raisins, 500 grams of currants, rind of one lemon, rind of one orange, one and a half cups of brown sugar, 250 grams of butter softened, one tablespoon of treacle. Now, not everybody has treacle in their cupboard. I mean, to me, I sort of always think treacle's old-fashioned. But I think treacle, you can still buy it. But if you haven't, you'll just have to use golden syrup because treacle's dark, isn't it? And it probably helps darken the cake. So mm. if you haven't, don't panic. Five eggs, two cups of flour, and a half a teaspoon each of ground allspice, cardamom, cinnamon, cloves, coriander, and nutmeg. So there's a lot of spices there, but look, if you look and think, oh, I've got everything except cardamom, or do I have to run down to the supermarket and get it? Look, honestly, just leave it out because you've got a lot of flavour there anyway. But if you've got even two or three of those, it, it will make a difference. So here we go. The method, one to two days before you're making this cake, put the dried fruit into a plastic bag with the sherry. 
okay, so that it's going to, you know, um, soak that all up. Turn the bag every now and then. Leave it where somewhere you're going to see it and just turn it. And leave it in a warm place until all the um, alcohol, sherry, has been absorbed by the fruit. So just put that aside. Forget all about it. And when you're ready to make the cake, um, continue with the rest of the recipe. Um, remove the rind of lemon and orange with a potato peeler and process with the sugar until very finely chopped. Add the butter, process until soft and fluffy. Then add the treacle slash golden syrup and mix again. Add eggs one at a time with a tablespoon of the measured flour between each. I think it just helps, um, helps the mixture. You know, you're putting the flour in, you're sort of making it, well, I suppose not curdle, uh, if that's the right word, because sometimes mixtures do get that sort of like curdly look. Yuck. And so you're putting uh, a tablespoon of flour after each egg, mix the rest of the flour and the spices with the fruit. And again, if you put flour with the fruit, it sort of separates the fruit. So you're not getting a... a a, a globule of sultanas or a globule of currants. It actually, if you put the flour in with fruit, um, I do remember to do that when you're making a fruit cake, just so that it sort of keeps the fruit separated and give it a good thing through with your hands, basically, uh, and make sure it's this particular one is in a very large bowl. So you're putting the spices in as well. Now tip the creamed mixture into the floured fruit and mix until it's soft enough to drop from your hand. Well, that makes it sound like you're actually mixing with your hands, but you can mix it with a spoon, but then just sort of see, get the feel of it. And if you feel it's too dry, add up uh, a little bit more sherry to, you know, or whatever you've got, sherry, just to make it, just be careful though, you don't want it too liquidy. Now put the mixture into a 23 centimetre round or square tin and line it with the baking paper. Now, um, I think this must make quite a bit of uh, quite a big cake, actually. Um, and if you want to decorate the top with almonds or cherries, that's if you like. You don't have to, but if you can press a few almonds in there or cherries, just put them on the top. Give them a little press down with your hands and bake at one fifty, quite low, for one hour. Then at one forty degrees for about three hours until a skewer in the centre comes out clean. Now, what you can do afterwards, and I've seen people do this, um, dribble a quarter of a cup of rum or brandy over it when it comes out the oven, um, when it's still hot, if you like, and then just um, leave a good hour or leave it till it's quite cold before removing from the tin. And I think it's just great. Or, if you want to, you can ice it to your favourite Christmas icing. I'll leave that to you. So that's our Peter's special cake. Crikey, it would weigh as much as Peter with all those sultanas <laughs> and raisins and currants in it. My goodness. Yeah. Now, having put that recipe over, um, when he hears it, I hope he doesn't say, well, where's my cake next mm. time I come in? So, um, yes, we'll ju just wait and see what happens. He doesn't know I'm doing this, of course. Oh, well, I'm going to tell him now, make <laughs> sure he's listening. Hey, now your next recipe that you sent through in an email, I looked at it and I, I just glanced at the subject and then I glanced at the ingredients and I went, what? <laughs> Cooked mincemeat, it says on mine. I but knew that would mince. catch you, Tanya. I knew that would catch you. That's why I joined the mincemeat together, the word, because mm. I thought, now I know what Tanya's going to say. Cooked mincemeat. 
against me. And was I right? Yes, I was. Mm-hmm. But um, because, you know, getting close to Christmas now, this is, um, you know, nice to do if you want to, you know, you can even buy the empty shelves from the, you know, supermarket. So you don't actually have to do the pastry thing yourself. You can make this and then just plop it in, you know. Oh, for oh, your little Christmas mince pies. Homemade, yes, mm. exactly. Mm. So this is for your Christmas mince pies. Or, you know, you can, um, you know, do the um, pastry thing yourself. But I'm not going to give you a recipe for that. And this is quite a nice... Um, it's a thickened mixture and it sort of doesn't soak into the pastry as much as others. I had a beautiful mince pie the other week when I was um, down in Coastlands. It was really yummy. I tossed up whether to have one and I looked and I thought, you look lovely. And it was. It was beautiful. But anyway, with this cooked mince meat, uh, we've got 75 to 100 grams of butter. I think it just makes it richer if you've put that little bit of extra butter in. One cup of brown sugar. One teaspoon of mixed spice. Half a teaspoon of cinnamon, quarter of a teaspoon of ground cloves, two eggs slightly beaten, two cups of currants, a quarter to a half a cup of mixed peel, half an orange, the rind and the juice. Now, two apples finely chopped or you could, well, I'd grate it myself because that would be finer. Or you can use one cup of drained canned apple if you haven't actually got any, um, you know, fresh apples or apples on on your fruit bowl. So you can use that uh, drained canned apple. And two tablespoons of sherry. And two to three tablespoons of spirits. But I think in this cake, case, we're looking at maybe brandy, you know, because that's sort of a Christmas, you know, you put it. Brandy and everything, don't you? Just at about. Christmas, yeah. yeah. At Christmas. So uh, two or three tablespoons of brandy or whatever you've got in your spirits cupboard. And that's not a ghost. I'm talking about, you know, the drinking spirits. <laughs> now, what we're doing is melting the butter in a microwave dish. Um, and you can do this over boiling water, but I, I sort of inclined not to mention that because I think you can actually do this in the microwave. Now, stir in the next eight ingredients so you can count up and then Coarsely grate, you know, the um, the unpeeled apple. So you're putting the skins as well. So you can grate that or if you want to chop it, you can. But I would grate it for me. And stir it in with the sherry. Okay, stir it in with that. Microwave on high for about eight minutes. Or you can do the boiling water method. But to me, I would just probably give it all. Oh, you might have to open your microwave three times and I would stir it um, regularly. So maybe you've got eight minutes. So three times in that eight minutes, making sure that give it a stir and just see how it's going. And then this mixture actually thickens uh, when cooked. And uh, add the brandy, very last. You're not cooking it with the brandy in it because I think cooking evaporates the brandy. So <laughs> that would be pointless, wouldn't it? And put the brandy in. And store it in the um, refrigerator and it's all ready to go. Mm-hmm. So you're going to rush out and get your pastry cases and you've got guests coming and just spoon it in and a little bit of icing sugar, I think, over the top might help. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So that's our um, Christmas cooked mince meat. Yeah. yeah. I won't be having that with noodles then. <laughs> <laughs> no, won't be having it with noodles. No. So there you are. There's two sort of like Christmas ones because uh, it's fast approaching and you might be interested in.
Mm, good grief. That means we'll have to have a Christmas song because we're on the countdown <laughs> of how many sleeps now. Oh, yes, we are. Oh, don't ask me. I'm not counting.
it was a bit lovely. That's what oh, Christmas is about, isn't it? It is. The and kiddies. we don't often have the kids, you know, singing, so no. it's lovely. St. Peter's Choir, I think it was. Yeah, I think it was a St. Peter's Christmas, but you better not say that too loud. Peter Fleming will have you calling him St. Peter now. <laughs> <laughs> You're on At The Table with Gail on Coast Access Radio. Just let her compose herself again. <laughs> now, this recipe that she's coming back after the break with, oh, my goodness, you need to go to our Facebook page right now because if you are home over the Christmas period and you think, oh, what am I going to feed all the family? This is the thing. This was great, actually. And um, I tell you what, when I did make it, which I haven't mentioned to Tanya, but in a way, it did sort of look like cooked mince, in a way, because of the, the lentils in it. You know, oh, when you yeah. sort of got into it, it mm. sort of, you know, it looked a little bit like a, a mince pie, but of course it's not because it's vegetarian cottage pie. Oh, then and, you could trick yeah. you could trick those old school dudes <laughs> in the family that go, I need some meat. And they I know it. It was just so lovely, and um, so I'll give you this recipe because I think you could make it over the break anyway. And honestly, really easy to do and so tasty. It was really lovely, and it makes. Quite a big, uh, it's in a, um, the illustration's got an oval dish, but I put it in a round one, and it was quite substantial, so it would feed, you know, some good hearty eaters. So here we are, we've got um, one onion finely diced, two cloves of garlic minced, one carrot peeled and finely diced. Well, I actually, you know what I did, because I just, um, I peeled it, of course, but I kept on peeling the carrot because I just put it in as shavings. Oh, hey. You know, because I thought, oh, yeah, I'll just, you know, keep doing it because when I sort of cook it, it'll just melt in so much nicer. Yep. So I actually just peeled it with the, um, with the slicer till it went down to nothing practically. So there we are, one carrot peeled and finely diced, but I peeled it all the way. <laughs> one tablespoon of dried mixed herbs. And honestly, it, that was I did need that one tablespoon because it, it sort of put the flavour right through. Mm-hmm. It wasn't overdone. Two tablespoons of flour, a 400-gram um, tin of tin tomatoes. And there's such a variety these days, I don't think it really amounts. There's tomatoes and garlic, tomatoes and oregano, tomatoes and tomatoes. So, you know, you make your choice. And two... Buy 400 gram tinned lentils, uh, drained, and I think my ones were brown, brown mm. lentils, and a half a cup of vegetable stock, which means, you know, you can um, use a, a cube for that, a, an OXO cube or any other herbs that, um, stock you've got, two to three large orange kumara, um, and I just got some kumara. I don't know whether it was orange or the purpley ones. But anyway, I, I made sure that I did have three large because you remember, you, you know, you're cooking this separate and it's your topping. So I did get three large and 25 grams of butter and grated cheese. Now, uh, we need a little bit of um, oil for this because, you, you know, you're going to saute something. So what you're doing now is preheating your oven to 190 degrees and, um, in a heavy based pan, uh, bring a generous generous drizzle of olive oil to a medium heat. Once hot, saute the onion, garlic, carrot and dried herbs. And you can sort of, the aroma comes out just beautiful. For four to five minutes or until the vegetables have begun to soften. So that's why I sort of peeled the carrot because I thought soften quicker. Stir the flour into the vegetable mixture, then add the tinned tomatoes, 
lentils and of course don't forget you are draining them so we don't want all that other liquid um, and vegetable stock and bring to a simmer then cook for well five to ten minutes but I did leave it for the ten or until the liquid has reduced slightly and the sauce has thickened and season to taste with salt and pepper good a good lot of salt and pepper you know nice lot of seasoning there well I felt it needed it once the lentil sauce has reduced, transfer to an oven-proof baking or pie dish. Carefully top with the mashed kumara. So you're cooking the kumara separate um, and then you're mashing it. And um, you put that um, 25 grams of butter that we mentioned, uh, that goes into the mashed um, kumara. And I didn't put any milk. I just did the potato and I probably left... Uh, not the potato, the kumara, um, a little bit of water, mm-hmm. just to, because um, when you're spreading kumara over the top, it was quite sort of like, not that easy, but okay, so just, just make sure you put little piles around. And then I got a fork and I just sort of pressed it around so that it spread out a little bit um, and, you know, uh, fill the over the entire lentil mixture, you know, right over. A bit like, uh, what is it, shepherd's pie, you know, sort Mm -hmm. of doing that. And top with the grated cheese um, if you want to. But I did. I love cheese. so And I always think, and I covered it all over with just normal cheese and baked 15 to 20 minutes until golden and bubbling. And, oh, it did look good. And brought it out and uh, and served it. It was lovely. Really nice vegetarian. It got demolished, (laughs) for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I was really impressed with your picture, actually. I'm just sitting here looking at it again, and I'm thinking, I've got all of those ingredients at home right now, apart from the kumara. Yeah. So I could whip out and get kumara today and make you that could. for dinner. Yeah, you could get, you know, one of those little bags or something. And, yeah. um, but, yes, you need – it's nice to have that nice topping on the top. And, and honestly, it is tasty. It really, really is. And, um, yeah, I like it for a, for a, a lentil – mix i quite like lentils but that mixing mm. it with what we've just um told you it was really really nice i think it's a good way to introduce lentils to people who maybe go mm. oh no boring and cardboardy yeah you know. exactly Ew, no we're not gonna eat those but hey <laughs> you've got to try this you've got to try it because it really is yummy all right that's the vegetarian cottage pie and you can find the recipe right now on our facebook page coast access radio Oh, this looks really good as well. Silver beaten pine nuts. Well, I looked at this and I always think about what you've got in the garden. So, Mm. I, you know, I thought, well, I've got silver beet in the garden. could be used at the moment. And when I saw this and I thought, hmm, that looks really, really nice. I'm going to hold up the illustration. Oh, go on then. Oh, yeah, that looks really good. Yeah. Oh, that looks like one of um, Sam Mannering's flash salads or something. Wow, it looks great. And, you know, red onion always, you know, gives it that colour. But, you know, I'm going to tell you what you can do with this once I give you the ingredient. But it just looks lovely on a white plate. It's great. So if you've got 500 grams of silver beet in your garden, go out and pick it. And honestly, with this rain that we've had in recent times, Mm. I think everything in the garden, including the weeds, have just, just shot up. I looked at my garden and I just thought, I can't believe everything is twice the size as what it was, just with all that previous rain that we've had. I know, leading into summer is quite odd, isn't it? No, and it's a warm rain. Mm. But anyway, 500 grams of silver beet washed and dried, a quarter of a cup of um, olive oil, one large red onion sliced 
and a third of a cup of raisins and a half a cup of pine nuts toasted. So look, honestly, there's not a lot in this, um, you know, uh, silver beet with pine nuts. Now trim about, you know, some of the stem ends because some of the stem ends are, you know, ugly. But make sure you're not cutting all that white out because, you know, we do need it for the salad. So trim the stem ends from the silver and discard those, throw those away. Chop remaining silver beet coarsely, keeping leaves and um, remaining white stems separate. So you put your leaves there and your stems over the other side, the nice white ones. You've already chucked away the, um, the ugly ones just right at the base. Now heat the olive oil in a large frying pan over medium heat. Cook the onions, stems of silver beet and the raisins for five minutes and add silver beet leaves and cook, stirring for about eight minutes or until tender and just wilted. Because even though it says, you know, washed and dried, there always is a little bit of moisture there. Mm. And with the oil in it, that's enough moisture to keep cooking this. And season with salt flakes. It's always nice with salt flakes. And freshly ground pepper. And then when you've toast, you've already pre-toasted your pine nuts, and we know that that doesn't take long, um, sprinkle those over. But you know what? I was thinking about this, and I thought, Oh, I could eat this with hot pasta. I really could. I could just stir that through um, some elbows or some, you know, I don't know all their fancy Italian names or anything oh, like that. Like but, the Tagliatelle. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> She's waving her hands in the air. And, and just put that through and then get out some um, Parmesan cheese and then just sprinkle that over the top. And I just, this is a meal. It's just would be lovely like that or you can sidekick it to something else on your plate but to me it's a great salad yum i yeah. like the idea of that as well fresh from the garden i'll tell you what it's a bit festive too because pine nuts they're christmas tree nuts well they are <laughs> oh they are too yeah and of course with the you know with the the raisins too you know it sort of all adds a little bit of a festive look i guess but um to me you know i'd be you know cooking up some Tagatelli or whatever you like to call it and having it with parmesan cheese that would be my pick that's for sure that sounds good to me sounds all right good. could be with the leftover ham yeah oh yeah beautiful with leftover ham and easy and you've already got the silver beet in the garden look there you are right spent all your money <laughs> go out to the garden and pick silver beet <laughs> well when i hear from you next week it'll be christmas day oh I know. Oh, scary, scary. Yeah. Yeah, scary. I'll have to try and think what we're going to have for Christmas Day. We might have to forget about sort of like maybe Christmas recipes and start looking at what you're going to have after Christmas. Yeah, definitely. Baking. Mm. Mm. Kids home, family's over. Exactly. Exactly. So we might have to look at something else now. All right, you've been listening to At the Table with Gail. Of course, she's here every Saturday, even Christmas Day. So tune in next Saturday. Yes, okay. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.
This program is made with assistance from New Zealand On Air for radio broadcast, and through the AccessMedia.nz website. Thank you, New Zealand On Air.